I, if you want to watch some 90s movies for free on YouTube, play a fun game. I play it all the time. I watch 90s movies, and I count how many seconds it takes for them to make a misogynistic or homophobic comment. It's always under 60 nice. seconds. It's under 60 every single movie. Anything from 1988 to 1998, even everything like Jingle All the Way, choose a movie, like the Santa Claus, every movie, and in PG-13 movies, and in PG movies, somehow jokes of making fun of women and making fun of gay people was com- completely okay in the 90s. Oh, my God. And, and yeah, punching I mean, down. Just like, well, the fact that, like, just, I don't know, just gay archetypes are so... Limited, but what's what's interesting to me is that like yeah, I feel like especially in comedy movies like women were made fun of so much, but then they kind of we we were like oh shit, there's no women in comedy, so we gave them these you know we gave more of a platform, and then we started to see more female archetypes, which is great. Still all white white women or whatever. But the, <laughs> what with the inverse of that, me was the gay community instead of like trying to create new archetypes, there were some like I see Modern Family is really I, I was really happy to see Modern Family for that, but. I feel like it was kind of a, um, it's, a it's like a retaking the same gay archetype, you know, sure. kind of like the black woman and a gay guy. Well, it's, I mean? like, it's the girl. angry black I, woman and it's the super effeminate gay guy who has that look, but that, but, but and that's the character. That, in, in, but instead of inventing new archetypes, right? I feel like it was more leaned into, which isn't a worse way. I want to I want to make sure, but you know that that archetype instead of being done away with was. Um, exaggerated and embraced sure. in a way that sometimes I feel like is great, and sometimes I feel like um, it's kind of it's still, still kind of damaging, you know. Like well, the main gay television show is still RuPaul's Drag Race. The only thing I feel like that gives a like a a more broad, less flamboyantly gay kind of character is like well, Anderson Cooper 360 uh, and yeah, Modern Family, hot, you know. Yeah. Like I I don't like there's nothing about being about being if you have to, well, you want to talk about race in this, being, like, taking from black women, you know, like, having this black female attitude, I just, I just, I, you know, I the word me, angry, so hard the word angry goes out. in front of black women, and it's terrible, that's the trope, that's the archetype that exists, that's is the trope. angry black women, and they tried to make Michelle like Obama that be that, that has been perpetuated yeah, of course. by the gay community, where somehow, like, is so empowering to be like a sassy black woman, even though that you're like a white man, you know? And it was hard uh, for me to come out to myself because I never identified with these kinds of people, you know? Like, I, I was always a muted kind of like, I don't know, the, the other, like, especially in my high school, it was like I couldn't be in a gay relationship because I was the only people that I knew were out were these people that, like, I just, I wasn't attracted to in that way. But then when I got to college, I find out that all these like, these Mormon kids were gay. Yeah. I just never knew about it. I would have loved to know about it. I learned so much more about myself. I would have been able, I would have skipped so much pain Yeah. in my late teens if I had just had some examples, more Anderson Coopers yes. and other people, too, so we could have been Anderson Coopers together. Well, and, and, but that, that's the, the, the thing is that when we don't see people as people and we stick them into archetypes or stereotypes or... This is what gay people are like. They talk like this, and they are like, oh, my God, I love your hair, and your shoes are so cute. And that's how you're gay is by acting like this and having your voice change and being all – but that's – people are people, and they're all different, and there's all different – why do we – 
why do we care about what people do, how they smash their genitals together? Why do we like make right. our whole identities about like I don't care what who's who's doing what with who? Why is it anybody's business? Why is anyone saying to anyone else the way that you get off is gross? Like why you want to yuck my yum, bro? Like it's I just don't get it why people's and, and that people's entire like identity can be wrapped up well, in I hate these people. That's my identity. I mean, it's seen as a threat to, like, your, your current way of life and your values. And that is, I mean, you don't like pedophiles because for a very valid reason, because of how you want to have sex is fucking objectively gross and damaging to our society right. and to our people, you know? So there is a space, there is a line where it's like, yeah, okay, we got to not allow that, you know? And, and I guess if we did, you know what, if we did live in a, in a theocratic Christian society, uh, I, I know we do because all of our morals are based off of the religions and shit like that, but if we live in, a, in, in like, the equivalent of, like, an Iranian theocratic society of Christianity, homosexuality would be a threat. It would be and correct. That yeah, you'd get it. You'd want be, us to live in that society are correct. It would be like Russia. You'd be like Russia. You'd get jailed. It'd be illegal. Yeah. You'd get punched in the face. People wouldn't like you. You couldn't get jobs. There'd be all kinds of issues, Chechnya. Uh, that, but, but, but that's the thing, is that what does this come down to? I hate you because you're different, because what you do with your genitals and how you smash them. Like, I don't care if you smash your genitals against a tree or, like, a like a what per- person or... I mean, I guess, like, right. I guess, like, don't have sex with animals because the animals can't give you consent, but... Right, like, unless if, the tree dies. I, like, what's the tree going to do? But why do we... Why is our morality somehow, it's just so funny to me to like take it back to its base roots and say, well, we're doing these things because this is morality. But the morality stems from the idea of how we choose or not choose to procreate and do this thing that we're sort of built to do, but how we choose to do it. As long as morality exists, I mean, there is no objective morality and there's always going to be discrepancy between people. We're going to have to which people we want, we allow to live outside of our own personal moralities and which people it's not okay. Because certain things are immoral. You know, I mean, I guess there are things that are physically, objectively immoral, you know, like how you're repulsed by the smell of, like, a dead body or something. You know, killing people is immoral because of, you know, more well, or less but that's nature. because you don't have their, you don't have consent to take their life away. Like, everybody, it just depends on what we decide, like, is is the concept of life worthwhile? Is the spark right, that makes us alive in the important? Same way that we think that like robbery is immoral because of our opinions on property, or we think the killing is immoral because biologically we can't survive if we think it's okay to kill well our own people. Right? See, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Once well, you start getting into it, everything's a moving fucking target. And, and but that's if you now I, I feel weird about theft because I would never steal from you. Uh, and people, yeah, but I'm when people do steal, oftentimes it's of su- such necessity that I feel empathy and compassion for them, and I feel terrible that the person who stole my bag got things of so little worth. They were so worthwhile to me and so worthless to them. And, but I, I still feel like I don't have to steal things because no one should have to steal things. If we actually had a morality and a code of people, no one would have to steal things because everybody would have their Everyone would have a place to go poop, enough food to eat, 
something over their heads so they're not cold, yeah. and shelter, and yeah. then there'd be no stealing. You want to hear some? You want to hear some controversial? S. Right, some controversial. Okay, before I say this controversial thing, uh, shout out Ash. Go again. Uh, big shout out. Shout out. Pam, remember that girl that uh, I got my guitar stolen when I went to the train station? Yes. That train with the train left. Yes. And I was like. I met this girl there. She, you know, she was yeah, too yeah, cool for you to she's believe. Right now, yeah. Oh she my god, that's so funny. You were like, I just couldn't believe it. She was too cool. I was like, I don't. What would she? And then yeah, yeah. she was way too nice. She's way too nice. I was like, I thought she was trying to scam me straight up. <laughs> I was like, why is any? Why would any stranger suspicious? But <laughs> no, you know, she's tuned into like almost every Muni radio thing. So you know, she deserves a shout out. And to the two other people listening to this, uh, yeah, you guys, great too, man. Anyways, getting into the controversial thing that I was going to say, I don't think that we will ever have an equal society because I think that human beings are innately attracted to class and tribalism and in separation and into creating inequality by getting more than other people, by being better than other people, being more moral than other people. Humans breed inequality. And to try and make a society where everyone is equal is impossible. It is never going to happen because humans eat oxygen and shit inequality. But so, I don't think that it has to be straight equal. I think equal is what everybody needs. And some people, I feel like we can meet people's needs. I don't think it's about equality. Like, we all have the same everything and everyone needs to be okay with it. But I feel that we can meet people's needs as a group. There shouldn't be we shouldn't hate poor people because the reason poor people exist is that's how capitalism works. Like you can't really have people get ahead without people getting behind. So there's all uh, all the moving parts, but I think it's compassion. Like it comes down to what are people worth? Do we give a shit? And right now getting here, right. I walked by so many people in tents and it's very intense. Nobody cares. They're all out there. It's very intense. It's very intense. There's like 200 tents in front of the library. I walk down intense. Leavenworth. There's a, a, it's all, it's just a new community of tents. And, and it's, why do, and I, I'm part of it. I walk by them. Why do they have to live in a tent and they have to shelter in a tent? And I, and I have an apartment, but my apartment's small. I know people that are living on. I mean, because of, because of choices. Not everybody. Not everybody's in that position because of choices they made, that other people made. But I mean, I, I mean, like I'm an addict. I, I realize that the choices that I made have put me in the situation that I was in, you know. And I'm very privileged to be able to get out of it and have the opportunity. You know, some things that I, I, I am able to make certain choices. But I, I, I think that first of all, I don't think it's always the individual's fault, right? I think that there's a systemic reason behind a lot of this stuff. But I, I don't think that there's People choose to live a way that fits how they feel about their lifestyle. I think that the choices you make reflect the lifestyle that you end up living. Never mind. You know, no, I, no, I no. And, like I, and I, agree, I agree with that. But then what happens is that when – so I've been watching a lot of Hoarders lately because thank you, Netflix. And I love Hoarders. I also love Intervention. Uh, and globally, I'll say this first. I love Intervention because it makes me feel like I'm not a real alcoholic. And I love hoarders right. because it makes me feel like I'm super clean. 
even though my house is very messy, it's not that. So I saw a woman on the hoarders the other day walking around barefoot, and her dogs had lived in her house for eight years, and she never let them out to go potty, meaning that she was standing on dog poop all time barefoot and she'd been living there and she wasn't dead and it made me think it's a choice she made but yes but like humans and humans can get used to a lot of things like we can live in a tent on the street there's a guy who's been living outside my house for 13 years his name is fuck my life i think his real name is robert anyways he's a real honest and nice guy but i've seen i've seen him for he's making choices and he's been there for 13 years and nothing has changed except he's gotten skinnier but it's like, right. anyway. Well, you know, I honestly, I'm going to revise my statement. I think that, it, I mean, it's the choices that you make, right? But these choices are made because of subconscious reasons, systemic reasons that you don't have control You know? Like, 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 I, I mean, it's, it's the Republican argument. It's like, you know, I, I, this is not my opinion, you know? But the Republican argument of, like, with, with, especially in the 90s, with that, that, that important, that, um, Facilitated mass incarceration is like, why don't black people take responsibility for themselves and stop this? You know, it's an individual aspect. Why doesn't the individual choose to change? The individual does get to make these choices, but these choices that they make, you know, sentiently are influenced by things that they have no control over well, systemically. Right? And it's and so difficult. even addicts, it's like you make the choice to continue to use, you make the choice to continue to kind of put yourself in a position, but why? Because the position that you were put in as a child because right. of trauma or because of your own dependency on because you can't make another choice. Uh, you know, but, 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 but then but crack, was, crack was introduced. Life. Crack was introduced into black communities in the oh, 80s. Yeah. And so that's the other thing podcast. is that like when you're, when you are systematically kept down, it's, it's the same thing. Oh, now we have equal opportunity. Everybody has... But we say, oh, all the doors are open, except that you've been wearing shackles on your, you know, you've, you've had a, you've had something attached to your, like you've, you have cement boots. And suddenly we go, hey, we're starting, we're starting the starting line. It's right here. But then you've been wearing cement boots and the white people are like, all right, starting line starts here. And we just start running. We're right. like, woo, bitty, boo, bitty, boo, let's run. But then everyone else who's been shackled or so, they're like, yeah, the starting line is here, but we're wearing cement boots. It's really hard to run the race. Right. You don't understand the boots I'm wearing. And, and we're like, what? Fuck your boots. Come on. We're doing a race, bro. Like, let's. And, and our concept of empathy, too, in our society is if I were you, what would I do? How would I feel? Well, I'm a very privileged person. I went to a high, I went to a high school and I got to come home every day to both of my parents. Yeah. My mom would cook dinner, you know? Yeah, I had all these too. privileges. And so when I try to empathize with you, it's still from the only perception that I know. And if I were you, Knowing that all I know about my family and, and who I am and all the opportunities that I've been given, well, then I would do something different, you know. And I, 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 it just, it, I, it, I guess I, you know, honestly, I guess I revised my statement that making certain choices. I think that there is you have the choice when you are purchasing drugs to be like, do I really want to do this or not? But that choice is also informed by the fact that I have nothing else. I feel I am trapped into this. I am living in housing projects because I physically cannot live anywhere else. I have nothing to live for. I don't have a job. My mom, my my parents are incarcerated. My community right. is destroyed by drugs. Like this choice is not. It's not a. It's not a sober choice. Nope. You know. So right. To speak. Right. It's not a choice that is made from the same context 
that someone else might look at it and try to quote unquote empathize with. I don't empathy. think true empathy exists. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I try. So when I and you can watch shows like Hoarder and fi- Hoarders and figure it out. There's there were some kids on Hoarders where they were responding to their parents and grandparents hoarding and all these kinds of things, and what the, how they responded was to get out of the house by any means necessary, and they became alcoholic addicts because that was the only because they'd rather drunk on some random person's couch than sleeping with cockroaches and mice in dog feces. And so all they, they didn't have a choice. If they're, like when you're 15 and you can choose to live in an uninhabitable place or live on the street, maybe the street's better. And so when those are the choices right. you're faced with, what do you even – you don't see anything beyond that. And nobody's going like, hey, are you applying yourself and do you care because your clothes smell like dog pee or whatever. It's – Right. I don't know how the world works. But then again, but then again, have you seen um, have you seen those videos on like Kanye where seven strangers try to figure out who deserves a thousand dollars? I have not heard or seen any of this. What is this? Wow, watch those. After you watch those, it's really hard not to be frightened. Basically, what happens is that like the people that actually need the thousand dollars are kind of like eliminated because they're a threat to you know the people that want it. And who ends up winning the first one is these three people of color that aren't disadvantaged, really, but end up using that card as if are inherently so because of their identity. And is that true to an extent? Yes, I'm sure. What is this three called? Men, it's the cut. It's called Seven Strangers Try to Figure Out Who Gets $1,000. It's fucking fascinating. Every round they have to eliminate. And, like, the first person to get eliminated is this white guy. And the second person to get eliminated is a, a Latina single mom. Oh, my and God. And they say, why don't you just get another job? You know who gets it? You know who in the top three, one of the people in the top three is a man, a black man, that says he's unemployed because he's unemployed by choice because he can't get a job because he's black. Oh, wow. But, but, he, but he's not, but he's a, he's, he's a button-up shirt middle-class gay black man, and he's unemployed by choice. Is it true that it's harder to get a job because you're black? Yes. Does it mean that you physically cannot get a job, and that's why you're entitled to the $1,000 over this single mom, the child? A single who also, mom who also like, passed like, over. Like, there's also, like, pound issues. No. I feel like, I feel like, I mean, when you kind of enable people to be victims, like, I, I, you kind of enable everybody, even people that aren't really victims, take that, you know? Like, especially, I'm, I'm sorry for rambling so much, but at my high school, I went to a high school in the Silicon Valley, goddammit. We are all upper middle class people, all right? We are all enormously privileged. Student newspapers, Indian and Asian women, upper middle class, parents worked at Google, and the thing that was ever written about was oppression of race and gender. I understand that this is true for other members of your community. If you live in the Silicon Valley, you are upper middle class. You gotta write your truth. You are being blind to the amount of privilege that you have as an upper
yep, yep. It's uh, it's Bug Out Square. It's Tuesday. It's six o'clock, and uh, you know, I'm just uh, in my mind saying six o'clock on Tuesday. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Bug House Square. Well, why? Uh, let me tell you what I got. I got a. Uh, I just went through and I picked things that um, I thought would be uh, uplifting, yet um, not necessarily sad, but, you know, reflective maybe in a sad kind of way. <laughs> so, yes, it's two hours of sadness. and uh, No, no, not at all. It's... Um, it's it's not about sadness at all. It's about celebration. So uh, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. This is Buckhouse Square. It's Mutant Radio. Stormy days, we pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man And he said, unite all you working men Killed him in the river, some strange man Was that a vigilante man? Oh, yeah, and I got some contributors in there, too. Oh, why does a vigilante man, why does a vigilante man carry that sawed-off shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land Come, little baby. 
Shadows on the moonlight, I walk my beat. Let them close your window tight. I might come in for a fight. Oh, yeah.
Desire taking me 
I can't lie No more of your darkness All my pictures Seem to fade to black and white
Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Hey, that's Neil Young, and uh, comes a time, uh, you know, man, that's just a good song for, for these times. Uh, hey, 
Um, hey, my name's Sean, and uh, this is Bug House Square, and uh, this is Mutiny Radio at the uh, corner of 21st in Florida in beautiful Mission, where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. Uh, guarantee right now that it is, looking out the window, it's sunny there. It is. We're, uh, we're well into spring. Uh, we're well into this uh, social uh, distancing, quarantine, uh, distancing, uh, whatever you want to deal with it. It, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is. So, um, yeah, we're, uh, doing what we got to do to do. Uh, thank you so much for doing what you got to do to get, uh, involved in this. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, you know, how you doing? Um, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing, I got to say, uh, um, I feel like I'm doing better than, uh, the, the most I have, uh, I'm, I'm able to work. Um, we still, I can get food, you know, the bills are paid. Um, I mean, we're basically kind of (laughs) along, you know, like right at the, at the radar level, uh, just below, um, uh, and, uh, you know, that's, I think enough is a feast right at this point. So, um, if you got more than you need, um, uh, reach out to those around you. Of course, this is just like ridiculous things to say. I mean, everybody knows that this is what has to be done and you've already been doing it because we've been into this for, uh, you know, it's a couple months now and who knows, you know, I mean, this could be. This would be uh, crazy shit where it just goes on and on. But at some point, we'll. Um, I was thinking about. I was thinking about like uh, 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 the human race and 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 what it's gone through over the <laughs> over the eons. And uh, this is just another one of those things that it's really uh, it's it's very interesting. And some of the stuff you know, I, I mean, I don't know how accurate it is, but. People who are very um, fervent in, in 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 figuring out like how shit happened, you know. So it's not like they have agendas, you know. They really want to figure out like what people were doing, like you know, um, hundreds of thousands of years ago, and people were around then, and a lot of things have uh, changed since then, and a lot of things are going to go uh, on changing. So this is gonna. Be, this is very. Uh, we're living in very interesting times. That's all I can tell. <laughs> That's what I tell my kid. It's just like, oh man, I am so sorry, but you know what? You got like <laughs> this is like front row seats to the uh, you know to this madness. So um, yeah, uh, I, I've had a, a, a decent week. Um, I've uh, uh, you know I've uh, I'm working. <laughs> I'm trying to do a little uh uh things around the house trying to keep uh it's it's still it's hard because uh like my, my kid and partner they're home and I I I'm free to a certain extent you know to do you know so I'm, I'm out and then uh you know when I come back it's like you're back well that's not like that it's not like hey but it's still there's still like this like deep-seated uh sort of resentment that's on uh uh, i get to experience the uh the outer world 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's okay. It's it's nothing. Yeah, it's the same old shit out there. Only slower and less people. Um, let me grab these records. Uh, oh yeah. So um, yes, if you are a regular listener to uh, to Mutiny Radio and uh, to Bug House Square. Um, we're always begging for money and especially now it's, it's really, um, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. So, uh, if you come to the website, there's a GoFundMe. If you've given to it, like that's so beautifully excellent. Uh, thank you very much. And, uh, if you're considering looking for, you know, you're like, Hey, there's all these kind of things, you know, people are being very generous now people who are there's there's a certain percentage you know maybe a third or so of us who are um kind of getting through this um and so if you got extra dough you know there you go we're we're really we're we we always struggle and we're like super struggling now but um yeah we're you know we're we're still doing it obviously right uh, Tuxedo Moon, uh, Loneliness off their uh, Half Meat record, their first record. Uh, before that was uh, Born in the Bayou from a uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival record. Um, I'm not sure the name of that. Um, Lena Lovich, New Toy. That's just a great song. <laughs> I love that. Any, you know, I could like throw that song in anywhere. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's like my dog, man. It's just like comes into the dog park and fucks everything up it's great uh glass eye we did their uh vegetable wheel they're a uh uh texas band i believe from the you know uh early 80s maybe simon and garfunkel we did um some um somewhere they can't can't find me that's a good tune uh the doors we did um uh i don't know what that one we do um uh uh no we did crystal ship we did uh all right i'm gonna pull this out because i want to give you exactly because i know you um oh uh, of course we did soul kitchen uh elton john we did don't let the sun go down on me uh the beatles we did um uh, Baby, a rich man. Gang of Four, we did. Damaged Goods. Send them back. Um, uh, the Feelies, we did. Um, uh, Away, I think. Off the. Uh, we were taking the Feelies. <laughs> only Life off the Only Life record. I think it was Away. Is that? I love the Feelies. They really. They're. Um, they like take take their time. That's what I like about them. Uh, Robert Palmer, sneaking Sally through the alley. That's uh, just a just a funky good. I I have respect for like British funk. Um, it's rough. It's a rough road to hoe, man. But there's there's a few that can do it. Uh, Robert Palmer, he did pretty good in a few spots. Uh, the Kinks, uh, Sleepwalker. Uh, that's good. Uh, meat puppets were in there uh, from the Rat Farm. We did uh, one one more drop. That's a that's a great song. And we opened up with David Bowie, Golden Years. I uh, I just I wanted to hear that song today. 
because uh, nothing's <laughs> nothing's gonna stop us, right? Uh, segment we do in the show is called "Rise from the Basement" because it's no lie in the basement we're miles apart. No surprise, gonna rise from the basement. What it is, it's home record of any style, any genre. Just has to be recorded where you live, where you sleep. Um, this isn't like if you, yeah, we you know record this at some crazy studio. No, this is folk who have like a passion just for just to getting something out, you know, and don't have the maybe some do some have the the resources to do this to, uh, on a really uh, sterling level, but some of us are just doing working off phones and pads and that sort of thing. Um, so let me let me grab this. I, I I've talked this out and and I usually do. I, I there's a way to make this thing stay on for longer, but uh, I don't do it because uh, then it would just be wasting the battery uh the quiet type is this uh this is the uh, first band we're going to do tonight the quiet type is a california central coast crossover thrash project project uh formed by a group of ap- absolute motherfucking killers all right all right man <laughs> i i you know there it is the quiet type you dig this look for them on reverb nation um, I believe this song is called The Hatred Within. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All right, so I think The Quiet Type is a band. The The record is The Hatred Within. And hold on, I'm going to see. Um, and I think uh, C4 Days. We're going to do that. Um, well, no, uh, The Hatred Within. I don't know what I, I'm sorry. It just comes up different ways, and I want to go like to the first this cut. So I'm just going to read it as it says, right, Sean? Like you should have like five minutes ago. The quiet type, the hatred within. I'm touching the the uh, thing. Uh, I'm touching it again. The circle is chasing its tail.
Yes, um, that was Toots and the Maytals, uh last uh, last cut, last side from um, uh, just like that. That was it. Uh, Journeyman was the name of that cut, I believe. Turned it over. Nah, it wasn't last cut, first side. Sorry. But Toots and the Maytals, man, if you get into that, if you're into, like, uh, kind of starting to get into reggae or whatever, of course, there's always uh, Bob Marley, I and mean, that's big, you know, he's, like, awesome. But uh, Toots and the Maytals, man, check that shit out. Uh, that's good. We're going back to the basement. Uh, let me grab this. This is uh, Shell Beach. Uh, you can find them on Bandcamp. They're out of the um, Los Angeles area. Uh, we got any occasional sing with guitar, singing, singing, hello, wait a minute, I'm going to go back, because I think they do say something, I'm going to go back to the original thing, where it all came from, my name is uh, Linus, uh, put some music under uh, hello, uh, kiss hello, I do all my work at home, mostly my bedroom, I guess you could call it lo-fi, here's a couple of tracks from my record, uh, my album, uh, let's see, so this is what we're going to do, it's from Shell Beach, this song is called uh, Shell Beach, if you dig this, uh, Shell Beach by Chris Hello, H-E-L-L-O, um, that's there, I'm touching that, uh, the circular dots, always a good sign, pause button comes back, usually means we've accepted your requests and we will be playing something shortly. Mm-hmm. 
bye.
Yeah, it was a nice little uh, fade out there. Um, uh, we're going back to the basement. This is the old over overholt. Um, uh, hold on, I'm gonna go back and uh, <laughs> I love this guy. This is Patrick. He's out of uh, Cincinnati, and um, this song is called, if you dig it, it uh, look for him on SoundCloud. Uh, we're gonna do uh, opossum or possum. I don't know. I'm gonna say opossum. I guess. Um, turn that to there. We're touching this. Uh, touching again. Um, it's scary. Do we drink alone? I was a possum once and it chilled me to the bone. Have you ever walked alone on a cloudy night? Looking in the window as the folks say goodnight. And it's a diamond dance in the warm living room. I gotta find cover, it'll be raining soon. Madam Possum in her gray hoodie tonight. Her eyes shine like stars in a passing light. She stops a moment to see Her purse pouch is empty And I want to be in doubt She whispers to me It won't get worse If you let it breathe in doubt She's been here before She whispered the chorus But her voice is hoarse in doubt Don't overthink the point You're trying to make Thinking about thinking when you're running late Are my hands really shaking and my drum in a tune? It'll be over, it'll be over soon Fill me full of fright I dreamed that I Was with the devil below In his great big fiery hall With the devil was given a ball I checked my coat and hat And started gazing at the merry crowd That came to witness the show And I must confess to you There were many there I knew At the devil's ball At the devil's hall I saw the cute Mrs. Devil, so pretty and fat, dressed in a beautiful fireman's hat. Ephraim, the leader man who led the band last fall, he played the music at the Devil's Ball in the Devil's Hall. I saw. 
saw the funniest devil that I ever saw Taking the tickets from the folks at the door I caught a glimpse of my mother-in-law Dancing at the devil's ball Played the music at the devil's ball In the devil's hall I saw the funniest devil that I ever saw Taking the tickets from the folks at the door I caught a glimpse of my mother-in-law Dancing with the devil Oh, you little devil Dancing at the devil's ball
Spinning wheel. 